0: InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. You've heard a lot about global warming, reducing your carbon footprint, and saving money. But what about some practical tips anyone can apply? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey is here with more. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Jeff Dayette. He's a senior energy analyst for the Union of Concerned Scientists and one of the co-authors of a book called Cooler, Smarter, Practical Steps for Low-Carbon Living. I think most people would be surprised at how much pollution that they are personally responsible for. Tell us the stats on that.
1: Well, when it comes to carbon dioxide emissions or climate greenhouse gases, each American is responsible for, on average, about 21 tons of CO2 emissions per year. That works out to about 115 pounds per day.
0: Wow. What is the bulk of that coming from?
1: Well, the bulk of those emissions come from four separate categories. How you get around, transportation, the energy that you use in your home, both for heating and cooling and electricity used to power major appliances or electronics, what you eat, and the fourth category is the broad one, what we call stuff you buy, the non-food items that you purchase on a day-to-day
0: basis. And basically, you and your team examine the climate impacts of all kinds of consumer decisions, right?
1: Yes, We looked at over two years of research. We analyzed the climate impacts of more than 500 separate consumer decisions. We tried to cover as many different consumer decisions as possible so that we could then track what the biggest and most effective actions could be to reduce your emissions.
0: Let's talk about some of the more surprising things that you found, some of the eco-myths, as you call them. Let's start with hybrid cars. What did you learn there?
1: Well, what we learned with hybrid technology is that not all hybrid cars are actually used towards better fuel economy. So you'll see some cars out there that advertise the hybrid technology, particularly large SUVs or pickup trucks. And what they're actually doing is taking advantage of power boosts that you can get. So sort of strengthening the horsepower of a vehicle by using hybrid technology and not so much taking advantage of the fuel economy benefits that are associated with that. So just because something... Says it uses hybrid electric technology in a vehicle doesn't necessarily mean that it's one that gets good fuel economy.
0: Among the other eco myths you studied, what was the most surprising to you?
1: I'm an avid reader and a technology convert. So I was very interested in research that we did looking at e readers versus paperback books. I love going to used bookstores and trolling the aisles and trying to figure out which ones to read. And it was disheartening to me when I was sort of hearing. Should I be switching over to e-readers or not? And the good news there is that it really doesn't make much of a difference. Whether you love to read paperback books or you're a fan of the new technology, you're going to do fine from a carbon standpoint either way. That was one that I was particularly surprised by and happy to see. One other one I would say is the stuff that you buy. Typically, the less stuff you buy, the less carbon emissions that are associated with that. But there's one important rule, I think, what people don't necessarily think about. And that is when it comes to major appliances or anything that uses energy. You know, the old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, doesn't apply. Take a refrigerator, for example. Many people will want to keep that refrigerator and think it's better to hang on to their older one until it breaks down, so not to be wasteful and going out and throwing a perfectly good one away. But what we found is that refrigerators that were built before 2003 actually could be as much as, 70% less efficient than the newer, much more energy efficient ones on the market today. So from a climate perspective, in terms of emissions, it's better to actually replace that older technology before it breaks down with one much more energy efficient. And in three years' time, the energy savings could actually pay for a new refrigerator in and of itself.
0: Our guest on InfoTrack is Jeff Dayette, Senior Energy Analyst for the Union of Concerned Scientists and one of the co-authors of Cooler, Smarter, Practical Steps for Low-Carbon Living. Jeff, you did find a number of steps that you believe together could cut global warming emissions by 20% or more. That's an amazing number. Let's just talk about some of the more important ones that you discovered. What are some things people can do around the house?
1: One of the most important things that you can do is to seal up air leaks. Heating and cooling actually account for roughly 17% of the average American's carbon emissions. The average American home is very leaky. As much as 25% of the heat that our furnaces generate in the wintertime or that our homes gain in the summertime while we're trying to cool them actually escapes through all of the leaks in your attic, in your windows, doors, lots of cracks in ceilings and walls and, and whatnot. And so all those air leaks actually add up to the equivalent of leaving a window in your home wide open all year round. And it's as much as nearly $300 actually flying out that window annually. So anything you can do through caulking of windows or adding insulation, spray foam insulation or other types of insulation to your attic, doors, windows will actually pay for itself very quickly in energy savings and then continue to provide dividends back to you. And it will be a really effective way to reduce emissions in your home. The second thing that you can do very quickly, one of the cheapest things, is to go out and buy and properly use a programmable thermostat, where you turn down your heat or cooling when you're either sleeping or away from your home during the work hours, could actually save you as much as 15% in your heating and cooling bills and lower your household emissions by a similar number, saving you as much as $180 per year in heating and cooling costs.
0: Jeff, looking at your research for this book as a whole, is there one thing that just jumps out that you did not expect, something that you know was surprising to you?
1: What was surprising is how significant a difference it would be if we could get every American to take this challenge and reduce their emissions by 20%. So when you add it up, we do this in a web tool at CoolerSmarter.org, but we sort of look at what the impact is and how it grows. If one person takes an action, then 20 people take an action, 20,000 people take that same action or 20 million people take that same action. And what we found was, if every American actually was successful in reducing their own personal emissions 20%, it would be the equivalent of shutting down one-third, so about 200 of the coal plants that we have that power our country today.
0: Jeff Diet, Energy Analyst for the Union of Concerned Scientists and co-author of Cooler, Smarter, Practical Steps for Low-Carbon Living. Jeff, thanks for joining us on InfoTrack. Thanks for having me on the show. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack. To learn more about our guests or listen to past shows, visit InfoTrack online at talkzone.com.